Two years ago, China instituted a strict three-hour-per-week limit for children playing video games. Um, our next guest, Michelle Dickinson, a.k.a. Nano Girl, asks if we should be looking to China when it comes to our own policy regarding kids on screen. She joins me now. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Thanks for having me in. Um, what got you thinking about this? I obviously deal with uh, schools and teenagers and teachers and parents all the time and And I've had lots of parents come to me this year saying, I'm having a real problem with my teenager and what seems like an addiction to social media. Mm -hmm. Can you talk me through any evidence we're seeing or what I should be doing? What's the advice? How many hours should they be using this stuff a day? Should I take them off screens? And the challenge we've got is they need screens. Schools now are making them use screens. They've got to type things on. So you can't say no screens for kids. Mm. But once they're on... There's lots of things on there that are distracting and many parents aren't tech savvy enough to actually know what their kids are doing, what is happening to them and how much is too much or too little in a tech-filled world. You wrote a piece for this on LinkedIn, which is um, well worth reading, and you note that a lot of parents you talk to say, hey, well, I had rules, time limits for my child, but actually I sort of don't bother enforcing those anymore. It's too hard. I hear that lots really it's too hard. It's too hard because your kids are having a tantrum. Life is busy. You might be working. You only have home time with them for a couple of hours. You don't want to be fighting. Mm -hmm. But what you're actually fighting against is their addiction because social media is addictive. We know that. And our brains as adults still aren't that well equipped, but we know, okay, it's time to turn off my apps and we can do some things. Our teenagers' brains just are not equipped to fight this addiction. So when you're saying no more screen time and they're throwing a tantrum, it's because they have a challenge around the addictive nature of not just games, but also social media. And it is their social time. So you're cutting them off from their friends by doing this. So a lot of parents have gone, too hard basket. Or they've gone, oh, we've got these rules. We we turn the internet off at 8 p.m. And then I go, does that work? They go, oh, no, what's happened is they just download everything before 8 oh p.m. <laughs> and then they're on their screens all night watching what they downloaded. Yeah. So kids are smart. They know how to get around the rules. And parents are looking for help into how to navigate this thing. And it changes all the time because tech is moving so quickly. What are they doing in China or what have they done? Oh, so many things. Um, what has just been announced um, last month by Beijing is that they have put a limit for eight-year-olds and under that they are allowed no more than 40 minutes on any smart device per day. That is a restriction. And China has been really interesting in that they haven't just gone, here's a government rule, parents, you have to follow it. They've gone to all of the device manufacturers and said, you have to agree to this too. So we have to have special systems on your phone, special software that controls how long a certain age group can use this type of technology. And if you're aged between 8 and 18, you're allowed 20 more minutes, 60 minutes of screen time a day, and all of the content is controlled. It goes through a filter, it has to be educational, and it can only be positive entertainment. So nothing negative, nothing about body image, nothing about influencers like doing this new diet. It can only be positive education. And the reason why I find this is interesting is that many of our young people are on TikTok and we know that TikTok is a Chinese app. There's a Chinese version of TikTok, which is very different. So in China, TikTok, um, which is called Douyin, can only produce educational positive content for teenagers. It is filtered. Whereas as you've seen on TikTok for the Western society, there's a lot of trash. It's the Wild West. And so China knows this and ensures that their children in their TikTok only get positive education. And yet for everybody else, 
we can have whatever we like. And this is where we're starting to see the demise and, and lots of evidence around mental health, body image for teenagers and that correlating to social media use. Is there any evidence coming out of China about any effects this might have had two years in? Oh, massive amount. So one of the things that they did was with gaming. They found that, you know, kids are online gaming and it was really addictive. And so they said, OK, we're going to put restrictions. In 2021, they put restrictions on how much um, under 18s could play video games. And they reduced it um, to 40 minutes a day. And they can only play between 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. So you can't be up all night. Mm-hmm. And they found a nine, over 90% reduction in the amount that young people play on video games. And, I mean, it wasn't great for the video game manufacturers because they, you know, you buy stuff online and they said we saw like a 97% decrease in the amount of finance that's being mm-hmm. done, you know, the amount of tokens of things being bought. But there was a huge significant decrease, which is why China's gone, that's worked. Now we're going to do this for social. Mm, interesting. Eh? Sometimes you see some of the arguments um put up against regulation around uh, smartphones saying, well, the parents would hate it or the kids would uh, hate it. They'd complain too much. In fact, I think you often find that the parents would welcome it and even some kids would welcome it after, certainly after that initial withdrawal period's over. Look, I think some of the challenges that parents are addicted to, are you go to restaurants, you've seen it, the whole family is out for dinner. <laughs> They're all scrolling individually, mm-hmm. not talking to each other. Uh, one of the things that uh, the Chinese TikTok Dion did for adults too, is it's gone, we know you're addicted as well. So after a certain period of time, it has an enforced video that pops up on your TikTok that you have to watch, you can't <laughs> scroll past it, that says, you've been watching for a long time this is a really boring video we're going to force you to watch us please put your phone down and then it says go spend time with your children go eat your dinner go do something else and you have to sit through that before you can scroll again just to remind adults that you've been on here for 45 minutes straight might want to go do something else Mm. Um, elephant in the room and this comes from a texter i can't see a chinese big brother internet overwatch would go down well in a free country it is quite a different country to new zealand i totally agree and so i'm not saying that that's what we should do what i'm saying is china has done something because it recognizes the harm that is potentially Mm. having to our teenagers we now as adults go great well we live in a free society My challenge that I have is many of the parents I speak to have no idea, number one, the research in this space around the mental health effects of their young people. Number two, they actually have no idea what their kids are doing online. Number three, they don't know how much time their kids are online. So the data just came out. This is American data. On average, every single day, teenagers use seven hours and 22 minutes of screen time a day. Um, Boys use one more hour per day than girls. And of that... um, Gaming videos is three hours and 16 minutes. Gaming is one hour and 46 minutes. Social media is one hour, 27. Web browsing is 51 minutes. And video chatting with their friends is 20. So this is not schoolwork. This is Mm. just messing around online. And we know that on average, under 18s use TikTok for one hour and 47 minutes every single day, as well as Snapchat for one hour, 12 minutes every single day and 45 minutes on Instagram. That's a lot of yeah. social time. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of that is doom scrolling. I call it doom scrolling, mm. where you're just the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you and I, Jesse, we are relatively old and we know that you can get to the end of stuff. You used to read a newspaper, turn the page, <laughs> and then you were done reading the paper and you could go do something else. There is no something else. There is no end with scrolling. And so you don't always realize how long you've been on there because you're not getting to the back page. Mm-hmm. And that's something that these young people have never had, the end of 
the thing that they're doing. And so they don't know how to put it down. No into a vape either, but that's a topic for another time. Oh, don't, don't even, yeah. <laughs> what do we know about the impact this might be having on mental health? Uh, so many studies. There was one published this year uh, in the journal Psychology of Public Media that basically took young people aged 17 to 25 who were on social media for more than two hours a day, so the average, and they split the group into half. There were 220. 20 young people. Half of them they restricted to only one hour of social media a day for four weeks. And they did a whole bunch of mental tests and body awareness tests and things before and then afterwards. And they showed that after only four weeks, dropping to one hour of social media a day, these young people, significant boost in their mental health, significantly more confident about their own body, less depressed, all of these positive scales and all you did was go hey you can totally use social media we're just going to use it more wisely here's your time limit use it as you wish we're not going to restrict on what you do or don't do on there but just know this is your time and then we're going to go do something Mm -hmm. else and huge increase in in mental health for these teenagers and we know at this age teenagers bless them their brains are still forming and they're really vulnerable at this time for body issues eating disorders mental illness and so we've got to make sure that we're protecting them at the most vulnerable part of their life. Whose responsibility is this? I would like to say the parents, but many of the parents that I know are not tech savvy enough to even know what their their students or their children are doing. And we have to remember the algorithm makes their experience very different than ours. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them go, oh, I'm on Facebook. It's not that harmful. Oh, I've been on TikTok. It's only nice stuff on there. But what you experience on your social media is not what your teenager is experiencing. And also there's things like cyberbullying, cyberstalking, adult content that you might not realise that they're consuming. So my number one thing is if you are an adult of a teenager, be savvy. Sit and scroll with your teen, see what they're actually seeing. Spend some time chatting to them about some of the risks and actually educate yourself on some of the risks. So people, Snapchat is really common and most people do their location on there so you know where people are. Uh-huh. Well, that's great for cyber stalking. If a stranger wants to follow your teenager around, Snapchat is the easiest way that they can do that and find your teenager in the place that they're posting and meet them and pretend that they know them. And there's some real real challenges around where social media crosses with real life for those mm. who have ill intent. Do we need more research or is it unequivocal, the uh, data we've got? We always need more research, but I think the data we've got so far is really, really clear. The more time your your young people are spending on social media um, without educational reasons, the less likely that outcomes are going to be good for mental health, mm. for uh, body image, and, and it's a really hard time in their lives. And so there are lots of tips on what parents can do, but I think number one is help yourself to get savvy on on what actually your teens are doing on there. If you can, have them only use their phones in a social space in your home, so not tucked up in bedroom, you know, late at night scrolling. That's sort of, you know, I don't know. I was in the olden days where we had one computer in the living room and everybody was watching what you did. That sort of mentality. Um, And then I like this thing called the grandma rule, which is talking to your teen and going what would grandma think if she saw that post? (laughs) And so does that change whether you're putting yourself up in a bikini or what you're writing as a comment? If it passes the grandma rule, it's probably going to be okay. How are you enjoying being a parent? I love it, but my kids luckily are not at that point. Uh, it's, It's amazing, isn't it? But navigating this digital world, even with kids who are, you know, about to turn one, 
it's hard. There's lots going on because you know there's good stuff on there. You know that you want them to be digitally savvy, but you also know the addictive nature of screens. And it's designed to be much more exciting than the outside world, which is beautiful, filled with nature, but not changing every three seconds in its scene. And so how do you keep that brain interested? Um, yeah, uh, this is this is really hard. I'd love to see more New Zealand research done around this. I think we don't have that much New Zealand data compared to some of the um, other data. I don't think we should be a dictatorship like China, but I do think we should be watching China. And actually, they're publishing their results on how this is actually really helping to curb their teenage addiction to gaming, to social media. And I'd love to see more adult um, education areas to help adults learn about what is what? What does each app do? What are the secret things behind it that you might not know your kids have turned on? And then how to help navigate with your children um, this wonderful world of technology and not so wonderful sometimes. Good stuff. Thanks for starting the conversation. Michelle Dickinson, who's written a piece on this on uh, LinkedIn and talking about uh, the experience in China with restricting, officially restricting screen time for kids and adults.